to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Kenya Williams on the line, and she's a managing partner over at Uncommon Projects. Kenya, welcome to the show. Good, good morning. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing over at uh, Uncommon Projects, but before we do that, let's get into your background a little bit more. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, how you got started in your career and in business. Sure. So um, I've been in real estate for about 15 years now, and I started my career actually on the banking side. So I went to USC, so fight on to all the listeners out there, and um, came out of the real estate finance program and went straight into lending. So I worked for Wells Fargo for a number of years, then PNC Bank for a number of years, and JP Morgan as well. And in that time, I was a commercial real estate lender on the origination side, which roughly means that I made um, loans for big developers and institutional owners to build large commercial real estate projects. So think deals that are 50 to 500 million were the kind of big kind of institutional size deals I was doing. And I got you know the privilege of having um, been involved in some great projects in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Chicago, um, all over the country over the years that I was in that space. Um, but then more recently, I decided that although I really enjoyed the banking world, um, the industry had shifted pretty dramatically after the last downturn and regulation that changed kind of how the business really worked. And I decided I wanted to try something a bit different, um, a bit more entrepreneurial. Um, and so I've made this change to joining Uncommon Projects. That's awesome. Um, and I want to get further into Uncommon Projects. Um, one one um, thing, though, is that we have some, you know, some younger listeners that are maybe just getting started in business or just graduating college, and they're thinking about, you know, some of these career choices they're going to have going forward. And now we all, you had a you had a, a pretty big pivot where you started going more entrepreneurial from your previous role. Um, what kind of advice would you give to some of those younger listeners right now about some of these pivots and challenges that they're going to have in the future? Um, I would say don't be too fixated on your first job. Um, it will change. Um, it's no longer the case that you stay in your first job for the rest of your career. And with real estate especially, it's a, it's a pretty vast industry, but it's really hard to know how big it is when you're coming out of college. Um, there's a lot more nuance to it. And once you're in it for a few years, you kind of see what other career opportunities and career paths actually exist. And then you also get to see what your skill sets are and what you may be more interested. And so I say get, get a job, get into the industry, but don't be too focused on making the, the right choice the first time. Just make sure it's a company you would enjoy working for um, that will train you and give you some real skill sets. And then just go to work. And um, you will, you know, your a career will evolve over time, and what you do will also evolve as well. Man, I love that. It's great advice. Don't put that. Uh, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You're not going to get it right the first time. I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's really hard uh, to do that. You don't know enough. I said when I graduated college, podcasting didn't even exist. How could I say I wanted to be a podcaster when I grew up? Get out of here. You couldn't do exactly. it. Exactly. You got to keep your mind open. 
and let the things that will come along come along to you, but don't be too fixated on it. And then I also say to everyone who's young, and it's a really true thing in real estate, too, stay curious about what you're doing. Um, you know, when you come out of college into real estate, you're not expected to know everything about the real estate industry. It's just too, it's too big and too kind of opaque for you to know that. So always ask questions. Don't be afraid not to know stuff. Um, there's no expectation that you would know it. You're too young. Um, but the faster you can pick up on things, the faster you can admit you don't know and ask questions, I think the faster you will learn and then you move faster throughout your career. That's awesome. Uh, let's uh, let's switch it up a bit, Kenya. I want to get into what you're doing over at Uncommon Project. So first, uh, tell us a little bit more about the company, please. Yeah, so the company was founded in 2017 by my partner, Roger Sanchez, and he comes from fashion marketing background, but his family's in real estate. And so he kind of saw an opportunity that marketing and branding isn't really used in real estate in the same way it's used in kind of every other consumer product space, and that you know, developers often just kind of name their buildings after the street address or they may do a logo or something like that. Um, but that if you really applied the kind of comprehensive branding and marketing strategies that are used in consumer brands to real estate, that you could really drive connectivity to your tenants. Um, you could drive leasing activity. You could charge higher rents. Um, and then you could really in, uh, increase engagement and retention. And these days, people just want a lot more. They have higher expectations out of where they live and where they work and where they spend their time. And so real estate um, usually builds pretty buildings. That's kind of where they stop. But marketing and branding could be used to really kind of bring a, a building to life and really create a destination rather just, than just a space. So uh, the company was started a couple of years ago with that ethos and had really great success. Um, we're based in Culver City. Um, and we do projects across the country. Um, we're really big in the multifamily space. We do some office and retail as well. And it's a really interesting area of real estate that really hasn't been tapped into in a long time and I think has the, you know, the ability to really help transform real estate projects and help build so, and stand out amongst the competitors. So your prime, correct me if I'm wrong, so your primary um, clientele would be, of course, uh, you know, um, owners of obviously real estate, so multifamily housing, different things there, and then developers. Is that kind of your, your two major client sources? Yeah, so they're owners and they're developing builders, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so what are the size and, and types of projects you like working on? Because there's some people, there's a lot of people listening right now that are either investors or, you know, there's developers or they have a big real estate niche um, on the podcast. Um, and they, I, ha I personally haven't heard of somebody going out specifically for branding within real estate in a long time, like you said. Um, what are the type of projects yeah. you like working on? So we, you know, we're, we're, we are a growing company, so we're really flexible and we scale pretty well for um, our clients. So, I would say the smallest project we currently have on our that we're working on is about 40 units, and the largest project is about 600 units um, in the multifamily space. And we also have kind of a small retail center we're working on, and we have a big kind of outdoor lifestyle center that we're working on um, in the Colorado and Denver area. So I think that we're our products scale easily, and we adjust our pricing and our services depending on the size of the project you have because the budgets move around depending on the size of your project. Um, so flexible in that sense, and you're right, most firms that do marketing and branding um, right now <clears throat> don't specialize in real estate. They, in fact, probably specialize in products more than real estate at all, and we really understand real estate. We understand construction delivery timelines. We understand your leasing hurdles. We understand your refinance deadlines you have to deal with. 
And, you know, we understand occupancy rates and rental rates and concessions and all those things that kind of play in to getting your project leased up. And so I think that we really are able to customize and tailor our marketing campaigns and our marketing work to make sure you hit and outperform the performance hurdles in your project. And it really means that your marketing dollars have a real ROI when it comes to um, your project. So I don't want to um, oversimplify it, obviously, because we don't. We're not going to have the time in the in the podcast to go in depth into your process. But just to give it in a flavor of just some low hanging fruit that you typically see, or just that something that just sticks out to you immediately. Um, and again, it's going to change from project to project. But just to give us a little bit more meat on on what are some opportunity areas in their branding side of of real estate, um, other than just the normal, right? We have to get it leased up. We have to hire sales. We have our leasing agent. Um, and, and really get that occupancy up. Other than that, what is the, where do you see some of those opportunity areas on the branding side? So I think that, you know, the customer's website for a project is really an underutilized tool in the space mm-hmm. a lot. Um, tenants um, for office or for if you're shopping at a retail center or especially for multifamily, they're going to see your building digitally before they see it physically, right, especially if you're a construction project. So your website is the introduction to your building and it should communicate how you want the person to feel about the space, how, how they should expect to live, and what kind of expectation they should have when it's actually done. And so oftentimes I think developers uh, tend to want to use a templated website because it's affordable and cost-effective. But think about, you know, a, a, a really well-done website is a fraction of the cost of what it costs to even finish out, you know, an amenity space in a building. But it really does introduce your building in a really meaningful way to your potential client. They can get them excited or it can turn them off. And so I think the website, when it's properly branded and there's photography and there's renderings and there's a real, you know, um, point of view that then is communicated into the building itself, it really can attract tenants and lead them to lease the, the building up faster than typical. Man, that's a great one. And that, I think, directly corresponds even to, um, to prices. Um, per unit prices. If you're on a website Absolutely. and it works well and everything else works well, that, that's the first thing I look at. Um, it's been a while since I've moved around, but um, I know I have quite a few friends that have. And um, when we're on a website and you're, and you're thinking about even just small changes, it's like if the website works well, you assume that the amenities and everything else is going to work well and that, that, that management has their stuff in order. If it doesn't work well, you're like, uh, this thing's yeah. slow. Is anybody ever going to call me back if they got a slow website? <laughs> like, like, what else exactly. is slow? Is maintenance, is it, are they going to be slow to fix a pipe if it breaks? I don't know, whatever. I mean, like, that is the true impression, even though in my mind, it's kind of, I mean, I own, I own property. It's, it's kind of nonsensical from that end, but it is true. It's true. Like, if, you, if you're on the other end as a consumer, it's 100% true. Like, that is going to be what, what people um, judge you on, whether or not the, the property is, um, is it may be much better than a site, but why? If it's such low-hanging fruit, just get it right. Um, that's a great yeah. example, Kenya. Um, let's... Um, so if somebody is listening to this and they want more information or to connect with you to learn more about Uncommon Projects, um, what's the best route for them to do that? We have a great website, and it's www.uncom, as Mary, N, as Nancy, dash projects.com. Um, or you can email me at Kenya at uncommon dash projects.com but it's spelled U-N-C-O-M-N. 
for all your listeners. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, well, hey, Kenya, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing over at Uncommon Projects. Uh, and to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes Store, uh, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Kenya, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.